warning. This podcast frequently contains potentially triggering, violent, and graphic content. Listener discretion is highly advised. Hello again, Nightmare Society. Gather round for another episode of True Horror Stories. A big welcome to our newest official members of the Nightmare Society online campfire. James H., Jason, and Tammy DC, who I have, I think, for weeks forgotten to give a shout out to. My apologies, Tammy. And welcome to all three of you. We really appreciate the support. For those of you who are not aware, we have a Patreon you can join with a bunch of different perks, and all the support over there helps us create more content for you. You can also support the podcast for free by sharing us on your social media and following us on ours at Nightmare Society Radio. And as usual, a huge thanks to our contributors, user Bitch Shortage, user Sapphic, and user SmalltownThrowaway01. They were all kind enough to share their stories with us tonight. Now, get comfy and prepare yourself for another episode of The Nightmare Society. This was around 2004 when I was 20 and living in a small two-level apartment on the main floor of a building. Out front there were three stairs, then a deck, then three more stairs to the front door, and another little narrow deck that ran the length of the front of my apartment, which besides the door was all windows. The main floor was a tiny kitchen living room and a door to the hallway for laundry and parking access, all of which is totally visible from the windows. It was fall in western Canada during daylight savings, pitch black early and surprisingly warm for the season. I had all of my windows open and had not closed the blinds as to get a breeze in and was talking on the phone to my sister. I had my back to the windows, and when I turned around, I thought I saw something weird at the window. It was really bright inside, so I turned the main light off, and see a man pressed against the window staring at me. I screamed and told my sister a man is on my deck looking at me. He seemed to take off into the darkness. I turned off all the lights inside put the outside ones on, and I was babbling to my sister like, holy crap, a peeping Tom, so scary I can't believe it. And then he just walks back up the deck. He's back, I have to call 911. I screamed again, hung up, and did, while his face was pressed against the window, and it was still open. The windows were floor to ceiling with screened crank open bottom sections that I had to open to the max and could for sure accommodate a determined person crawling in. 
He could hear me and the 911 call, but didn't move. I had crouched down in the dark room and the main light was off so he couldn't see me, but I had the lights on beside the door to the hallway and on the stairs to the bedroom. I didn't want to move and let him know where I was. I should have run into the hall and banged on a neighbor's door, but I was in shock. And after all, the cops are coming from a station ten blocks away. They'll get here soon, right? We can't find your address. I'm directly behind the rec center at X and Y. Corner unit, unmistakable area landmark, and the only apartment building there. The man at the window starts banging on the glass. I was whispering, but assume he heard me give panicked directions repeatedly, and we both cannot hear sirens. It felt like this would go on forever, when he finally just ran off. I couldn't see far though, and there were plenty of places to crouch and hide, so I was not at all sure. I peek out to see a police car, so I told the operator they're here, and then the car starts to drive away, and the operator told me to go outside and flag them down. I don't know why I actually did because I was scared out of my mind, but when I did, they rolled down their window. Ma'am? Do you need help? Oh, you're looking for me, I think. I called 911. We're just driving by, but what's the problem? They never found the man that terrified me and made me feel so unsafe that I moved. But it was truly the cops not being able to find the only apartments behind a notable building that completely shook me. The frightening end note is when I moved out, they tried to charge me because the, quote, Downstairs screens are shredded by your cats. The screens were pristine the day the creeper showed up, and that was the last time I opened the downstairs windows or blinds, or used the front door. The property manager laughed and mocked me and called BS when I said someone cut them until I showed her the police report. She lived there too, so... Suddenly not so funny, is it? I've been running in these woods for as long as I can remember, but this might make me change my mind. The story began at around 6.30 p.m., I had finished eating and decided to go on a run, as usual. I always used the same path, cross the street, run for about a kilometer, and pass the gate that goes into the woods. Something important to note is that the trail I use in the forest is separated about halfway through. One path is paved, and the other is not. I usually go onto the unpaved path first and then turn into the paved one after about three kilometers. Nothing ever really goes wrong. I meet some rarer people walking their dogs, but other than that, I'm pretty alone. At least I thought I was. 
I had been running for a while now when I heard a notification coming from my phone. It was an airdrop notification. For those of you who are not Apple users, Airdrop is an app that can transfer files between Mac computers and iOS devices by means of close-range wireless communication. Keywords being close-range. And I mean close, you have to be within feet of the person. Since I didn't want to make it look like I was worried, I kept running for a couple of minutes and then stopped to, quote, change the music. I opened the airdrop dreadfully. Who the heck was sending me stuff? I was pretty sure I was alone. I clicked on the drop and my heart sunk. It was a Snapchat photo of me running with the caption, You look good. I didn't turn around. Instead, I kept running like nothing happened until I reached a certain point. You see, the forest is surrounded by a fence to stop children from coming in unsupervised. And I didn't like that rule when I was little, so my friends and I cut a hole in it. When I was aligned with that hole, I quickly turned and buried myself into the forest, aiming for my escape. I could hear ruffling behind me and I still didn't turn back. When I finally reached the hole, I jumped through it and absolutely booked it to the fire station that was a couple of streets down. The last things I could hear when leaving the forest was an angry huff and metal meeting metal. I still don't know who it was or what they wanted from me, but I never ran in this forest again. So, creepy stalker guy or whatever you are, I truly hope we never ever meet. The next story is from a verified post on Reddit, meaning the user provided a news article, police report, photo, or some other form of third-party verification of the story. I live in a small, rural community in the eastern U.S. It's a nice little town. Because of my work in the medical field, I've met some interesting folks. I'm also familiar with law enforcement and emergency personnel. Small town life is not as dull and uneventful as people think, especially since everybody knows somebody who knows somebody. I have a lot of stories to share, but since this one just happened, I'll start here. Because it's still very recent and the investigation is ongoing, I have to be vague with some details, but I needed to tell someone. I'm single and live alone. Due to a stalker, I've moved twice, but that's another story for another time. However, it is relevant for this story for multiple reasons. The first reason being that I have a dog for the sake of protection as well as motion sensors and outdoor security cameras. The second reason being the location of my home, which is literally down the street from the fire department. 
I can see it through my living room window, and a couple of blocks from the police station. However, next to the fire department is the road department, which is basically a parking lot where they park their road equipment and empty garbage trucks at night and on weekends. Oddly, it does not have a security camera. Small town life, I suppose. My house sits on a hill with a good view of that side of the street. Due to the incline, the large trees in the front yard and the half corn field on the property next to me, most people on the street wouldn't notice me in the backyard unless they were actively looking. However, I can see the street clearly. This incident happened Saturday evening. The county was holding its annual Independence Day spiel with a community barbecue, music, fireworks, etc. I did not attend because it's just not my thing. Plus, I have a dog and the sound of fireworks could be traumatizing. Before the big show, I took the dog out to relieve herself in the backyard. There was at least an hour of daylight, but the entire neighborhood was pretty quiet because most everyone was at the fairgrounds or various other holiday events. So when an unfamiliar, large, white pickup drove slowly down the street, I noticed. It must have turned around at the end of the street because I saw it again, moving in the opposite direction, only about 20 seconds later. This time it turned into the parking lot of the road department. Now, people have been known to toss things into the empty garbage trucks, usually at night to avoid getting caught, because they don't want to or are unable to make the trip to the landfill themselves. Usually it's things like furniture or broken equipment, but I didn't see any of those things in the back of this truck. The driver was a somewhat stocky guy of average height, he took three large black trash bags from the bed of his truck and tossed them one by one into the hopper of the garbage truck. Then he left. Now I swear I'm not one of those meddling rear window types who always think activity is suspicious and that their neighbors are up to no good. But something about this did not sit right with me. Normally, when I see people tossing their garbage into the trucks and leaving, I don't bother reporting it because it's relatively harmless. But this time, I had a gut feeling. So I called the police. If anything, they could get the guy for illegally dumping trash from a barbecue or whatever. While I'm on the phone with dispatch, I put my dog inside to cut down on distractions while the officers investigate. A few minutes later, an officer arrived and I crossed the street to meet him, gave him a description of the events and pointed out which of the trucks the man had tossed the bags. He found the bags. He took photos. He put on gloves and told me to stay back. The bags were tied in a knot at the top, and it took him a minute to untie one because of the gloves and how tight the knot was, but eventually he got it open looked inside for a few seconds, then twisted it closed and took a few steps back. Shit. He hissed under his breath. What? I asked. What? It's a body. 
I felt sick. I could tell he felt sick too. I saw him grow pale. His hand was trembling when he held the radio. Even his voice was shaking as he gave the code to dispatch. The dispatcher sounded confused when she asked him to repeat it. Within ten minutes, the county sheriff was on the scene. Even he looked sick at the contents of the bag. The coroner arrived about ten minutes after that, and the first officer walked me back to the house along with another one who arrived at the same time as the coroner. Though I showed the first cop via the app on my phone when I described the events initially, I now showed them the video on a larger screen. The camera caught footage of the truck as it drove by both times, as well as pulling into the parking lot, though unfortunately not a clear view of the license plate or of the man tossing the bags out of frame. We watched the footage over and over, pausing frames, the officers taking notes. Ultimately, they requested this footage as well as a copy of the files from the past week to see if the truck had been in the area before. I've also been saving footage until the road department installs their own camera this week. Because this is still fresh, I don't know many more details. I know the body was, quote, in pieces. But I don't know the age of the victim, the gender, cause of death, any of that. Information has not been released to the public. I don't know if the coroner has even been able to identify the body yet. A police cruiser has been parked at the fire department next door for constant surveillance in case the guy comes back. The guy who dumped the body was likely a local. How else would he know he could dump there? He probably thought it would get buried in other people's illegal trash accumulated over the holiday weekend, and the sanitation crew would not have bothered to investigate. When I think about how this guy lives in my community, it makes me feel physically ill. To think that he had clearly scouted the area for a dump site, that it may not have been the first time this had happened, that this could happen again. If I hadn't called in, if I hadn't been there in the backyard at that exact moment, or if I had ignored that gut feeling, the victim would have never been found, may never find potential justice. Their loved ones may never have closure. In fact, there's a possibility that it just might happen again to another poor soul. I hope it's not me. Dear God, please don't let it be me. I think it's time I moved again. Third time's a charm, right? This last story is from an anonymous contributor and also happens to be verified. I've never posted here before, but after working with authorities, I feel safe enough to share my story. For context, I'm a 20-year-old female, and I started an OnlyFans account over the summer to support myself through school, and things were great until I posted my Amazon wish list. 
Amazon does not release your address to people who gift your items, but third-party sellers can. And that's where I went wrong. By the way, not trying to promote it here. This is a very frightening story and I felt like it should be shared. In late July, I got a puppy. One night around 2am, I took him outside to go to the bathroom. While he was doing his business, I noticed a car parked outside my family home. I saw a figure in the car and could tell they were looking at me, but I couldn't make out their face because it was pitch black outside. Feeling a bit uneasy, I picked up my puppy to take him back inside, and when I started to move, the car parked in my driveway. I sprinted back inside and locked the door, but they never approached my house. The next morning, I went to check the mail. There was an envelope addressed to my only fan's name, with $20 in it, but no note. I was currently still at home with my parents who had no idea about my OnlyFans account, so I didn't mention it to them. A week later, I moved back to my college town to get ready to start school. At this time, I had stopped posting for the time being until I could figure out how they got my address. I've watched enough crime shows to know there's a possibility I could be in real danger. I live in a duplex with a gated parking lot for reference. One morning I was planning on vlogging my trip to Target because I was planning on starting a YouTube channel in the near future since OnlyFans felt unsafe. When I got to my car it had been ransacked and my vlogging camera was missing. I know, it's my fault for leaving it in my car, but I was using it the night before and since I live in a gated area, I didn't think it would be unsafe. It wasn't in plain sight either. I had hidden it in my glove box. I used that camera to film my content, and the SD card that was in there had all of my unreleased photos and videos. I know they stole it just for the SD card. Anyways, this is where the story gets weird. There are cameras outside in the parking lot, so we were able to watch this person break into my car and find the camera, and they didn't touch any of the seven other cars in the lot. They knew which car was mine, which suggests that they had been watching me for a bit. After they got the camera, they walked around the duplex until stopping near my window. My bedroom faces an outside street, and my blinds are broken, so it's very easy to see in. I have a curtain, but it doesn't cover my window all the way. This person watched me sleep for an hour or so. I have no idea why they didn't try to break in, but thank God they didn't. This person then sold the camera to a pawn shop, and since I knew the serial number, the police were able to find it. However, my SD card was missing. I believe the police are still trying to track them down, but I've broken my lease and moved into a new place, so hopefully that will keep me safe. A guy who terrorized me at my home and apartment and stole my camera. Let's not meet. Those were some pretty intense stories, I'll have to say. 
Thanks so much again to the contributors for sharing them with us. If you have a story you'd like to share, you can send it to NightmareSocietyRadio at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us over on Instagram as well at NightmareSocietyRadio. And if you're interested in supporting the podcast, check out the tiers available over on Patreon.com slash NightmareSociety. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time. Sweet dreams.